What's up, everybody? This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, Dog Whistle Brandon. Today on DWB, I'm joined by my boy, Spencer Payne, co-founder and president of Brotalian, a veteran-owned business passionate about fostering aircrew presence and supporting the Army aviation community. Spencer and his team produce branded apparel that authentically represents military aviation culture while also donating a percentage of their profits to support Army Aviation Gold Star families through the Brotalian Blue Skies Foundation. Funny story, Spencer and I are both part of the Lions Pride, but I didn't realize I was the reason he joined after he heard me give a workshop to an entrepreneur program he was a part of. It wasn't until a few months ago that I asked him how he heard about the Lions Pride and he told me the story. Long story short, you never know who's watching and how your words can inspire them. I really like what Spencer and Brotalian are doing because they're building a brand around a niche community, Army Aviators. Talk about a dog whistle. I think he has a model that he can expand into other aviation verticals, including the Air Force, Navy, etc. But for now, he's staying focused on the community he has the most agency in. We have a great conversation about Brotalian's origins, their current brand strategy, and how they're hoping to scale the brand. So stay tuned. Gunny, it's about that time. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide no fluff and high impact brand strategy and business coaching for veteran owned businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, founder of Ironbound Media, and business coach at the Lions Pride. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes, or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com, to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper, and get ready to build a Dog Whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load, Spencer, brother from another mother. Welcome to Dog Whistle Brandon. What's going on, man? Thanks, Mike. I'm pumped to be here, man. I just found out before this call that uh, me and Spencer are both part of Lions Pride. And I literally had no idea that like you found it through me. Because like I, I always talk to the VFL, Veteran Future Labs, or I'm doing a Bunker Labs thing. And I give my stick and I always say, hey, I highly recommend y'all get a business coach, find a mentor or whatever. And lo and behold, I keep seeing you, you know, we've talked on the calls, but I literally see you at like just in there getting it right <laughs> in your little classes and stuff, um, your training sessions. And I had no idea the entire time that you were there because of me. Yeah, man. Uh, for the listeners, um, I was in the uh, NYU vet one or vet I program um, and Mike came on as a guest speaker maybe in week three early on in the program and had a lot of stuff to say that was it was past Mike being explained by current Mike. And it was exactly where I was at. And my wife had kind of told me, she's like, you need to start looking for a business coach or whatever. And I was like, this guy's apparently already got it figured out and already has a business coach and everything. So as soon as that class was over, I DM'd him on LinkedIn was like, Hey, thanks for your time. Uh, who's your business coach. <laughs> and I uh, sent me the link and I logged into uh, the website, did a little research, set up a meeting with Bill and then talking one-on-one with Bill for, 20 minutes or whatever it was, was all I needed to do to, to dive in head first. Um, so yeah, small world. You, man. I tell you, like I always tell people this thing is too hard to do by yourself. I've been hooking and jabbing, but when you make the decision to invest in yourself, 
with a course or something and you do it and it really works out, you know what right looks like, you know? So now, like, instead of being in that, like, how do I say this, this scarcity mindset, I'm always thinking about how can I invest in something that's going to give me leverage to get to that next level, right? So like getting a business coach gave me the confidence to get a virtual assistant, which gave me the confidence to bring on other team members because I felt like I was confident, you know? And like, I just did some quarterly planning. I had my little sheets out and everything. There was no way I was doing that like four years ago. So I didn't learn how to do that by myself, right? I had people teaching and pouring to me and I invested in it. So man, kudos to you. And I say that, I'm shouting out Spencer because I talk to veteran entrepreneurs all the time that get stuck. And I'm like, listen, man, if you want to get unstuck, you better start making some moves. And that's why I was posting in the um, chat today about action versus momentum. I mean, being in motion versus taking action that James Clear talks about, you know, being in, mo being in motion is like reading articles, listening to podcasts, you know, but taking action is like, yo, I need to go to the gym. I'm just going to sign up and let's get it. So good yep. on you, man. Thanks, and brother. That, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that's probably my biggest strong point is, uh, is just doing shit. Um, I just need somebody to point me in the right direction. And that's kind of what TLP has done for me for the past four or five months is like, hey, here's the things you need to be doing. All right, perfect. I'll go out and do those things. I just, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so for me, the program has been great so far. And just like we were talking about before the call, here's a five meter target you need to knock out. All right, sweet. Go out and execute. What's the next one. And I think that's probably a similarity that a lot of veterans share. Um, I know there's a lot of veterans that listen to this podcast. There's a lot of veterans and TLP and, you know, we all for the most part thrive with like, Hey, just give me some intent and let me and the guys go out and, and knock it out. Um, and I think that's what makes a lot of us really great at entrepreneurship. It's like just grinding it out, getting done what we need to get done. Um, but sometimes you need a little guidance to do that. And that's, that's kind of where I've fallen in with TLP. How come when I hit, I, how come when I hit you up the first time, I was like, Spence, man, I'd love to get you on the podcast. You're like, I don't know if I'm ready. Da, da, da. Uh, I mean, I don't consider myself like super successful or anything. So who am I to be trying to educate others or, you know, I guess anybody can learn from anybody's story at any given point. And as long as there's, you know, one person that gets value out of this, then we've done our job. And if we each learn something from each other as well, then that's a bonus on top. So not only that, but first of all, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that are posers, you know, people look successful, but behind yeah. the scenes, you don't see their cash flow. You don't know stuff. Literally, like you talk about the Lions Pride, like all the successful entrepreneurs in it. How many of them do you see posted on uh, Instagram saying like, look at me, you know what I mean? Or like, I've yeah. got my whole personal brand stick going. Literally none of them, you know? So for me, I'm like, listen, man, we all have value to add. Like you and Brotalian, which you're going to talk about, right? Like apparel is hard. You've been successful at it. How I mean, I know hundreds of apparel brands that never saw the light of day, let alone to be still taking names and kicking ass like you are doing. So I'm excited to learn more about it, man. I'm excited to learn more about you. So I think we should start by having you um, introduce yourself and talk about Brotalian. Sure. Uh, my name is Spencer Payne. <clears throat> Grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, played soccer for most of my life. Um, I was decent enough to get a, a scholarship or get recruited to the Merchant Marine Academy. Always wanted to be a pilot growing up. Saw Top Gun. I know that's cliche, but it is what it is. You asked 90% of us, that's why we wanted to do it. And there's probably a whole new generation now with the new one that came out, which is fantastic, by the way, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, and uh, yeah, I went to school there, ended up branching army um, and going to flight school down at Fort Rucker. 
And uh, first duty station was JBLM out in Washington, um, vicinity of Tacoma. And I met my now business partner, Brett, out there. Um, and him, myself, and a couple other guys really kind of clung to each other early on. We enjoyed doing the same stuff, flying, lifting weights, drinking beers, watching football on the weekend. We were the bros. The battalion leadership sort of nicknamed us the Brotalian. Um, and that was the name of our group chat that we, you know, whatever message about work, weekend plans, whatever. In. And so that was kind of the overall like early branding, if you will, with how we got the name on, on Brotalian. Um, we were all working out one day at, in Kyle's garage and Brett was like, man, we should do like a tank top or something just to have at the gym or to wear to the beach. Cause Brotalian's kind of like a cool name or whatever. And, you know, we started spit, spitballing some ideas. Um, my best friend is a great artist. So he sketched it out for us. And then uh, an old soccer buddy's little sister was actually a graphic designer out in Seattle, hit her up and um, she was happy to get some work done. And she gave us an actual, you know, PNG file of said design. We made a couple of t-shirts that was pretty much it. We wore them for like ourselves. I think we had a couple that we tried to sell, but we never really went into it with, uh, the apparel mindset. Um, what we started doing was sharing pictures and stuff on Instagram. And for timeline purposes, this is like mid to late 2015. Um, so Instagram, I wouldn't say it was new, um, but there's a lot of aviation content out on Instagram, a lot of cool shit. But back then there wasn't that much, um, especially in sort of the rotary wing world. So we just started building Instagram with people and, you know, guys and girls, flying helicopters and doing cool shit. Um, as that continued to grow, more and more people would send us their stuff. And I was like, Hey, here's a picture of me doing slings at nights, you know, under goggles over the ocean, whatever crazy stuff. And I was like, Oh, awesome, man. Like we'll throw it up. And so we started to build an online community, if you will, um, centered around that. And then we sort of looked internally and realized that there was a need to fill, uh, when it came to branded apparel that spoke to, the army aviation community and probably military aviation in general. Um, it's a very tight community. Uh, there's an air crew presence. That's what we call it. Or an ego. If you want to think about that, or, you know, an era that they carry about themselves. And we struggled individually with like traditional military, like t-shirt branding options that were out there. Um, and I'm not here to talk bad about any other companies. Everybody's got their own branding and message, but we didn't resonate with that. Um, and so we were like, well, there's a market opportunity. Let's start making cool shit that like pilots want to wear that says I'm a pilot. And maybe you don't necessarily get it if you're not one. Um, and that's kind of the, how we've started. Um, and now we are what 2022 it's been, you know, a few years in the work for the long time. Um, it was just kind of something we did for fun. Um, and we didn't really start taking the business seriously until like 2019. Um, and as we started putting time and energy into it, we started to notice, you know, revenue going up and then we added the, uh, the custom apparel line as well. And that had a huge impact. Um, and then for both Brett and I transitioned off active duty in 2020, um, and had even more free time to put into the business and we noticed even more growth. And then, uh, fast forward to today, it's what I do full time, um, and Brett basically does full-time, even knowing he has a full-time job as well. So uh, it's been truly like a humbling experience. If you look back to like where we were in 2015 and kind of people laughing at us and that kind of shit, and even us laughing at ourselves, you know, to where we are today with, you know, what we've done 
with the for-profit and then more importantly with what we've done with the 501c3 and stuff it's it's pretty cool to take a moment to sit back and to look at dude congratulations man that's awesome first of all apparel is hard business to do entrepreneurship is hard enough as it is here you are seven years later still hooking and jabbing and then you're also able to do it full time um and so me as the brand guy i just want to say like number one kudos niching down on a community that is underrepresented right so you saw i I was curious to ask a question you said you saw the market opportunity how did you know there was a market opportunity for a brand to highlight this kind of subculture within the military because i wanted to wear that kind of shit and it didn't exist it was that simple that was the same reason we came up with the custom apparel line um I had an old deployment shirt from 2017. It had like holes in it and stuff and was too small. And I was like, I wish I could get another Bico 2017 Afghanistan deployment shirt, but it doesn't exist. And then I kind of clicked like, well, we have an apparel company. Why don't we create a unique method where individuals um, and organizations have their own webpage and they can have legacy stuff on there for forever. So if Mike Stedman PCSs um, or gets out of the military, he can go back three years and like, hey, there's my deployment shirt or here's my t-shirt from when I was in Eglin or, or whatever, um, and still have ties to something that he was proud of doing. What's cool about that too, is you think about like that market demand, there's always going to be new pilots or the pilot culture and those around it to support as well. Um, that's just a constant, right? So it's like, how do we make Brutalion like the category King of, you know, flight apparel or whatever you want to come up with the name for it. Um, and you guys are like prime for it. And so like one of the things I'm thinking about was like, one, when did you realize like, hey, this is more than just a hobby. We can make this a real business. I would say. We started to notice that in 2020 um, when we excuse me, when we launched the custom apparel line and then as Brett and I transitioned out last year. Um, and we started it was basically just uh, we have more free time and now we're spending more time on our business and we're directly seeing the business grow. Um, and from a revenue standpoint, we never, we never, when we were on active duty, we never, all the money just went back into the business. Um, and so t- 2021, it was like, you know what, we've got a lot of cash on hand enough for rainy day fund six months. If a future COVID kind of thing happens, I think we're good. Like, we've put a decent amount of work in this. Let's start paying ourselves. Um, and you know, it wasn't a lot, but it was way more than it had been the previous few years. And again, we continued to see more time spent on the business, more revenue growth. And it was just like, looking back on it, it was a no brainer that we make this next step. Um, like we spoke about before coming out of business school, uh, I had initial plans to go into corporate America and red shoe dog and, kind of completely went off the deep end and was like, fuck that. I want to go do my own thing. My wife was fully supportive. Let's sell the house. We'll live with friends and family, focus on this. And, and here we are. And then this year has been incredible. Um, we are slightly above where we wanted to be uh, for our, our annual goal from a revenue standpoint this year. And so as long as we can keep moving in the right direction, I will continue to, uh, push this train ahead as a full-time job, so to speak. Well, uh, where'd you go to business school? <laughs> University of Tennessee. Good for you. That's awesome. Thanks, Thanks man. So, all right. So me and Spence were having this conversation. All right, I got, a, I got some thoughts, but I'm gonna let you go first. You had to like raise your prices recently. 
Um, yes. You have to make some moves, right? Because you're doing this full time. Um, it needs to be sustainable, right? But you had some reservations about it because of, you know, how you've kind of positioned yourself, helping veterans. You know that you're those, you know, a lot of enlisted service members purchase your apparel and stuff too. And you felt some kind of way about raising your price. Talk to us right. about that. Yeah. So, um, raising the prices was something that we I'd been talking about with the TLP staff. They were like, this is no burning thing that you need to do yesterday. And for me, it was like, well, I don't feel comfortable doing that because in my mind, and maybe it's, you know, you could say the same thing about real estate. If you look at the crazy inflation in that market as well, like a t-shirt's 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Right. Um, and so I just can't, in my mind, like a t-shirt for $30 or more just seems incomprehensible to me. And we've got like three factors going into it, right? I mean, ever since COVID's come in, supply chain has been a complete nightmare. It's driving up the cost of goods sold. So our margins are going down from there. Um, you've got rapid inflation, which I'm sure everybody in the business world and outside the business world is tracking. Um, and then for us as well, like being able to continue to do this, like I have to be able to pay the bills um, and make money in order to continue to provide the services that we do in order to continue to have the free time dedicated to the nonprofit as well. And so those were the three factors that went into it. But when it really struck home for me was when um, Phil and Aaron were like, you have to think about all the stuff that you guys do. That's not apparel related. You've got the podcast, which is a great mentorship platform. You don't make money from that. And that's something that you do in your free time. Um, you've got the 501 C three which is a nonprofit, you're supporting army aviation, gold star families, post mishap, like you don't make money off of that. So if you think about some of the other things and roll it up into the cost, um, it became a lot more justifiable for me to, to bump up, you know, the price of some of our apparel by four five, $6, whatever it was. Now I had an epiphany on this uh, a few months ago. I'm going okay. to for you. So I won't let you go first. So I grew up in a single parent home in Texas. Didn't grow up with a lot of money. Right. Um, never saw New York City in person until I was like a grown man, right? And then I find myself on Wall Street, you know, with my mentor and friend, Brian Rathjen. It's also in the Lions Pride for the uh, bell ringing um, for the New York Stock Exchange, right? Okay. And it just kind of hit me about, you know, when those companies are raising money, it's because they're trying to create more value for people, right? And I started thinking about myself too and my businesses and everything, it's like when I have better margin in my business, I can be radically generous. You know, you know how yes. many veterans I help out all day, every day, you know, that aren't clients of Iron Mountain Media that just need help, whether it's talking to that group or talking to some of these other organizations and stuff. And so one of the things I've come to realize is that like, yo, if we are taken care of, you have good people that are taken care of that are already doing a good work. Like we ain't even made it to the top yet. And we yeah. get back. Right. We have margin. Think about the more impact that we can make, too. And so Bill had talked to me about this when I first joined Alliance Pride, working on my nonprofit like you, Ironbound yep. Boxing. And he was like, just charge more and donate it to nonprofit. But I couldn't understand what he meant in a sense of like this idea that just like create more value and give yourself flexibility. And so, you know, invite your customers to also be a part of that process, too. Like. Dude, I posted something today about um, this podcast subscribed to the Knowledge Project at Farnham Street. The yearly membership is one hundred twenty dollars. I paid two fifty for it because they have a section that says 
you know, or contribute what you like, minimum two. Yeah. And it's this idea of value for value. You know, I get so much freaking value out of that podcast. Dude, I was like, dude, I'm paying 250, you know, just because I want you to keep doing this. I mean, it's nothing, right? $120 was nothing to for the content that they put out. I mean, he's freaking got all kind of people on there. And so this idea of like, yo, man, our companies can be vehicles to be radically generous. But at the same time, we got to make sure we have our own our own oxygen mask, you know, um, and also just we got to be good business people. Like, cause if, if we go away, if you go away, guess what? Nobody's helping, you know, um, those gold star families like you guys can. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, it's something that being in small business for the past couple of years, I've really gotten exposure to, and I find myself deliberately trying to go out and find and support small businesses if I can avoid the corporation. And if I'm going to spend an extra, whatever, 10, 15, 20%, I'll gladly do it. Because I can relate to whoever the individual, the guy or girl is that's behind the scenes trying to grind it out, doing something that they love, supporting their family or whatever. It's like, that's way worth, you know, the extra 20 bucks or the extra $100 for the podcast description or whatever, because I know what it takes to go into that. And I respect that. And it's, it's a mutually, you know, beneficial understanding um, versus like, oh, let me just go down the street to the Walmart or whatever and get what I need there because it's $3 cheaper. Exactly. Yeah. We can create value by who we hire too. Yep. Right? It's not, I don't think value is you take the monetary out of it. Right. I think we always think it's like equal, but like you said, you hiring a graphic designer, you know, as her first client or whatever else, how much value did you just create for that human? You right. know, compared to going down the street and going to some shop or going to one of these 99 designs or something on there. Right. Like the value is not equal. So you're right about small business owners. We spend, First of all, small business owners fuel the economy. I'm just like, you know, because guys like me and Spencer, we spend money on small business owners, right? Like a lot of sometimes I think entrepreneurs think that like these corporations are like the best clients, but sometimes they're like the worst at paying. They want to pay you forever, you know, and that's how you run out of business, especially in the early days. Yeah, now, man. One thing I'm curious about, right? Um, all right. So you've been successful. You've launched. You got this cult following. Like, what are the next two or three moves that you're focused on to double, triple your revenue? It's a great question. And to be honest with you, it's something that we're still trying to figure out. Um, we talked about the importance of niching down, and you and Bill talked about that a lot on this podcast. That's certainly something that we've done with like, hey, we feel that if you're talking about sandbox, right, to use OPBP lingo, we feel that Army Aviation, like we own that sandbox. Uh, I, I really feel comfortable saying that at this point. There's some other brands out there that do cool stuff or whatever, but I don't think that any of them do all of the things that we do for that community. With that said, I think there's more untapped market within the other military aviation branches. So over the next two to three years, if we can systematically start gaining market share in naval aviation, so that includes you know Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, the Air Force, Air Guard, which kind of we could rack up in the Air Force. If we can have even 15, 20, 30% of the success in those markets that we've had, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Army aviation market, then I think we'll truly be at the point to where like this is a sustainable long-term thing that I can continue to do, that Brett can continue to do and you know support our families with. Um, so how we do that, oh go ahead. You got something to say? No, I was just gonna say this ties into what I talked about before about category expansion about you pick a really, really tight niche that you can go after, right? 
And then once you own that niche, you look for other opportunities. So in your case, Army Aviation, right? That's a really, really tight niche that you can nail hook, line, and sinker. And then once you fucking dominate it, right, then you can start expanding into others. But this cool thing, though, about you is, like, I think sometimes it's you do it once and you're like, oh, this shit's easy. We can just do it again. We can replicate, right? But every playbook is different, you know? And how you talk to Army people is a little bit different than Air Force people. And so one thing you're going to have to decide is, do you go after all of them collectively at the same time? Or are you like, all right, we own Army. Who's got the same personality as the Army? Cool, let's hit up the Marines, you know? Then we go from the Marines and we're like, let's go find the Puddle Pirates, uh, the Coast You know? That's kind of how we're looking at it is, uh, is one at a time. Now, if we happen to get maybe some custom stuff along the way with multiple communities, that's great. But from a branded standpoint, um, our next target is naval aviation. And so we've got an ambassador that's a current 60 driver out in San Diego um, for the Navy. And then our former intern, now ambassador, who's getting ready to start flight school down at Pensacola, um, he has given us some good insight into that community and how they work. Their flight school is completely structured differently. They've got all sorts of these different squadrons placed between Texas and Florida and some other spots. And he's like, you've got guys that are going through flight school, but they might go through two or three different squadrons. And he's like, if you can set up custom apparel for those squadrons and you've got like a, a three-peat customer right there, because when he goes from Pensacola to Texas, back to Florida, whatever, he's hitting all these different squadrons. He wants that t-shirt to wear that patch to slap on his shoulder or whatever. And like, you know, had I not had somebody inside that market, I have no idea. Cause I don't know how their programming works. Yeah. You know, I'm used to, Hey, everybody goes down to Fort Rucker for a year and a half. And then they graduate with their advanced airframe and they go to their unit, not how the Navy does it at all. Um, and so I guess the takeaway there is like identifying individuals that, um, you know, are passionate about, our mission, but speak the other community's language and can help educate us on that. So we're leveraging those two guys to sort of consult for us, if you will, on like, Hey, what do you guys see on the flight line? Like, what are some of the innuendos that Navy pilots use? Um, what's some stuff that you wish you had that you didn't, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be apparel. We can look at other stuff as well. Um, is there a certain type of content you want on the podcast? Um, we were working on this elite aviator program, which is kind of a three tiered approach of a subscription based service where we offer sort of like looking at the aviator as a, a holistic entity. And you're trying to kind of encapsulate mind, body, spirit. So like, all right, we've got to be physically fit starting number one, like, Hey, we got to be able to pass PT test, right? That's an annual requirement. Everybody has to know how to do it. Pilots like we fly around in chairs in the sky. So we may not be as uh, much of a meat eater in the gym as like some of our fellow brethren on the ground. So like, how do we get past that first gate? Like, here's how we'll make you successful. So you can guarantee you're going to pass that PT test each year, taking it a step further. All right. How about I fucking crush that thing each year? All right. That's not enough for me. Like, let me actually get on some good strength and mobility training or whatever. And so we'll have a tiered approach with that. That's sort of the physical aspect. You've got the, uh, the mental aspect with, um, studying and knowledge, the stuff that's we're expected to be able to regurgitate and understand um, for our annual pr- proficiency rides and stuff. Again, I know I have to take this check ride every year. What can I be doing throughout the year to better myself as a pilot so that when that check ride comes, it's like, oh shit, I got to start studying for three weeks. It's like, no, I've been looking at this stuff every day, every week leading up to that. This is second nature to me. So putting out some, uh, some study material for these guys. Hey, here's your daily questions for this week. Go out, get into the manuals, study it, learn it, take this practice test. If you fucked it up, take it again, use it as a study tool, take it as many times as you want to. 
And then the last sort of piece of that is adding on top of mentorship, you know, maybe we get together and do quarterly meetings. We bring in somebody who's, you know, got a lot of experience in aviation safety and they can come in and share a story and, and be like, Hey man, here's a mistake that I made. Uh, here's what I learned from it. Take that information and go out and educate your folks, you know, learn from my mistake. Don't repeat that, whatever. And so that's perhaps a lot of rambling on some of the things that are going to go into the elite. That's a working title. I don't necessarily like elite aviator, but it's what we're calling it right now. Um, and, and that in combination with identifying the other aviation markets, I think is what will help take us to the next level from a revenue standpoint that we need to be. You guys are like a subreddit for the aviation community. I'm going to put on <laughs> some game. There's a book called Get Together by a company I, called People & Co. And it's about community building. And I think you should listen to that too. Um, especially since you've got such a niche community and you're adding that, you're trying to look for creative ways to add value. And they literally wrote a playbook for like a framework for like what it takes to uh, build communities, everything from running groups, you know, cooking group, whatever. It's all. Okay. You said get together. What was the author? It's called, uh, it's just get together. And it's by Bailey Richardson, Kai something. They're a company called people and co and they're community building strategists. So literally notion, uh, all these big brands, right? Over the course of COVID, people realized that community was like the new branding, you know, because people um, that signaling, they want to talk to people, right? They don't like, I don't, it's not enough anymore. Just use software, right? It's like, hey man, like you get really into it. Like you're using this every day. So then they start hosting community events to help you um, use the software better. So like I do my newsletters on Substack. Substack bought out people and co. Right. Okay. And so they're the ones running the writing workshops and all that other stuff. Right. So I think that'd be a good book for you. One thing I'm thinking about too out loud is talk to our listeners about. All right. You said you have a really tight niche. You got army aviation locked down. But when you say I'm going to do sales for the day, like what does that look like? Uh, what do you what do you mean exactly? So if, if you were to block off your calendar and put two hours on the calendar and you're like, all right, I'm about to drive revenue during this time. Like, what are you doing? Uh, first thing I'm doing to drive revenue right now is going to be if we have any custom projects that are like ready for setup and completion, because um, that's almost instant revenue. Um, so what I mean by that, that's for like the custom apparel. So if a unit comes to the page, they fill out our form. We utilize Airtable to manage all of our projects. Um, it's a great great program. My brother-in-law got me into it. A lot of automation, which is nice. Um, they fill that out. It notifies us that somebody reached out about it. We have a conversation, whether that's via email or phone call, whatever works. If they want to move forward, they go into the queue. Um, and this is actually a struggle we're having right now is I've got such a backlog of custom projects and not enough graphic designers to be able to knock them out that every time I bring on somebody new, we get even more requests coming in. And it's a good problem to have, but I can't work through these fast enough. Um, and I say me, the limb fact is my graphic designers. Um, and that's, you know, you go into like a, to a player hiring and stuff, like finding the right individuals that number one are comfortable with um, our culture. I mean, 96% probably of our customer base are military organizations. We've got a shit ton of acronym acronyms and, weird lingo and stuff that the average Joe off the street 
has no idea and he's going to have a steep learning curve. So we typically try and look for like either current or former or mill spouses um, that are familiar with that community. But again, a lot of these folks, and I say a lot of them, every single person on our team, they've got another job that they've got to do to put food on the table and, and all that kind of stuff. So our graphic designers are working this stuff when they have free time. Um, and so it just seems like we can't bring on enough people to meet up with the demand. Um, and so I say all that to point to when it, when a project's done on the graphic design of the house, like I'm getting that thing set up as quickly as possible. We're getting it skewed. We're getting everything approved from the print house and embroidery, if that's a piece of it. So I can get that stuff up on the website and out to the customer so they can push it out to a unit and help drive revenue. Um, outside of that, I don't have a great answer for you. That's one of the reasons I'm in the Lions Pride. If I have free time, I'm probably trying to bang out some courses on Kajabi and like figure out what I need to be doing next. Cause like we talked about before, I need to be told what to do. So <laughs> you know, this is why I appreciate you, right? Because yeah. I have a lot of uh, e-commerce brands that I work with and what do they struggle with revenue? And then I say, what do you do for sales? And they're like newsletter and posting on social. I'm like, that ain't sales. Yeah. We have a mistake. I think internet has like fucked up sales for people. It's and, and for especially for brands, right? Because we got custom to like, you know, 2015, you know, Instagram, like you said, it was just wide open, organic. You could just go on there and post stuff and it felt like sales, but it's not really sales. And I think, and I'm curious to hear your feedback, that even if you're a D2C brand, I would block off that time on the, on the calendar and I would do direct one-on-one -on -one reach out to people. Like it's old school, not cold leads, like warm leads, people, you know, and be like, all right, I'm about to send an hour. I'm literally about to set up 15 minute phone calls with everyone on this list. And I'm going to reach out. I'm going to send them something thoughtful, you know, hey, Spence, man, just do check out this new shirt. We just came up. It reminded me of you. Uh, are you free to chat for 15 minutes in the next two weeks? And then next thing you know, you do that. Let's say you send out 10 of those a week. When you first start out, you get like four responses. Um, and then the next week you get six responses. You get what I'm saying? And accumulates. Yep. And all of a sudden, a hundred reach outs equals like $20,000 in new revenue. But right. you also got to make sure you don't have any revenue leakage for your existing customers. Like you said, they have already filled out the form. Now they're waiting for their graphic designers. Right. Yeah. So from my, in my mind, I think there is an opportunity for D to C brands e-commerce brands, whatever you want to call it, to build somewhat of a sustainable business early on. I'm talking about like to the point where it's self-sustaining, but the missing gap, assuming that the market is there, like there's a demand for what you're offering, is the sales process. And I don't think D2C brands are focusing on the sales process as intently as they should be. And they think posting and creating content is sales. All that yeah. does is make the sales process easier. I'll agree with that. Um, I guess the two challenges I have to that statement, at least for my current situation is that's definitely something we should probably be doing that I'm not doing. Um, but with that said, I go out and find you and you're interested in getting stuff set up with us, or maybe you're an air force guy and you guys are looking for a unique, you know, branded logo. I can't provide that for you in a reasonable timeline because of this backlog that I've got. So figuring out that challenge on vetting and bringing on more of the right people is I think probably like the five meter target, if you will, so that I can get to the point to where like, hey, this custom stuff is running a lot more smoother with less backlog so that I feel comfortable going out like, hey, 
we got this great shit that we want to do for you, but I probably can't get you started for another month and a half. Like nobody wants to hear that. Number two, I am fortunate in the fact that my business partner, Brett, like crushes all the branding and marketing. And so like, I don't even, I'm barely involved with it. He's on social media. He's running YouTube. He's interacting with customers on a daily basis. He drives probably a lot of revenue just from one-on-one conversations via those social media platforms. Cause guys and girls will reach out with just questions. Hey man, I'm a, I'm a whatever 15 tango. And I want to go to warrant officer candidate school. How do I do that? Um, and we're like, Hey, here's some stuff that you need to do or whatever. And, you know, in doing that, you're helping mentor future pilots and stuff, but you're also building your brand, your community. Like if that individual is like, wow, those guys were nice enough to reach out to me and like answer this question I had. Yeah. Let me, let me snag a, a patch or a t-shirt from them to support them as like my way of saying, thank you. So I think he probably drives a lot of sales via those platforms where, like you said, it's not necessarily, Hey, I'm blocking off time for sales. Okay. I'm, I'm doing my daily post or whatever, but the interacting with the community because the community is built, right? So him going through these fucking laundry lists of DMS that he gets and taking the time to answer literally every single one of them, I think in a way is driving revenue. And listen, I am. So here's what I'm saying, right? I don't want to get people to get twisted. If okay. you are talking to humans, that counts. Yeah. Yes. What I'm saying is people okay. think they're going to post on their feed and that counts, right? Sales, totally, totally different. Conversations, talking, engaging people, that's completely different, right? So you're spot on on that. Um, and that's good, man. That's good. And I think just thinking out loud, right? Let me say this. And I just had a conversation with a client. If we overpromise and underdeliver, that's bad branding. Yes. But the epiphany is your super consumers, those perfect customers, dude, I don't even care. Three months, four months, let's go. I'm ready. So you set expectations up front, you know, that, hey, we can get you your stuff in four to five months or I don't care. Right. And you look at your list and say, who have been the people that wait? You know, they're like, dude, just put me on the pre-order list. I'm ready to go, whatever focusing in on honing on those and then working away. The cool thing is, you know, you have revenue in the tank. You just got to get the orders fulfilled. And so Correct. like, even like if I was you for like my quarterly goals, I would like focus on one of those things. I would focus on like that. Basically you need like a marketplace. You need OJT at any given time. Like I do that too at Ironbound. I keep four designers just in my pocket any given time for different things. You know, and I was going to say this, too, of like, dude, this is Web 3.0. It's all about um, how do I say this collaboration, you know, so maybe you bring in another firm or something that helps with literally on, on that aspect of it. And you create more value for each other. And guess what? Yeah, you're going to you're going to have to compensate them. But the new value that you've created, you know, it's easier. And so right. I always tell people, man, like try to find a Trojan horse. You know, find somebody else you can collab with that you feel like you got good relationships with and y'all can all build together. But, dude, I, it, the fact that you've won, you've got this e-commerce brand, you're still in a fight, you've still got money in the bank account, you got, you know, tons of money from unfulfilled client orders. Like, all it is now is like an optimization thing. And you've got a really tight brand, too, um, around Army Aviation. Um, and you got a plan to scale up. So, like, listen, y'all, it's like a master class, like how to build a brand, how to think about it. You know, there's always the back end stuff that is like hard because like day to day is not always as sexy. 
but like so many people get wrong what you've been able to nail thus far. And I'm excited to see what other verticals and stuff and the moves that you're going to make as you continue to grow. I appreciate it. And you said something uh, a couple of minutes back talking about the perfect customer and our perfect customer is right. The military aviator in particular, army aviator. And every single one of those individuals that has reached out, you know, sometimes people reach out, I, I get back to them and they just don't respond, which is cool. But for the people that do respond, like, Hey, we're interested. Then I'm up front with them. Like, Hey, we've got a significant backlog. Probably can't get you started till mid August, mid, excuse me, mid August. Yeah, no problem. Just let us know when we're up. Haven't had one person say, Hey, we can't do that. It's just being transparent with people like we talked about before the call as well, being up front, like, hey, here's the deal, man. We're a small business. We've got a huge backlog right now. We're working through it. Uh, do you have anything pressing or a timeline associated with your project, like a deployment or a rotation? Because if you do, I'll move you up in the queue to make sure you guys can get your stuff before you roll out. If not, it's going to be whatever the time is. The, you know, We're having the conversation, three weeks, four weeks, et cetera. And not one person has had a problem with that. Um, yeah, Raven fans, bro. You got a tribe of Raven fans. Yeah. There's that book, Get Together. I haven't read the Pat Flynn books, Pat Flynn book, Super Fans yet. Okay. I'm going to, uh, I'll probably listen to that on Audible. And then there's a guy named Eddie Yoon, who is with my mentor, Christopher Lockhead. They write the, uh, the newsletter Category Pirates. And Eddie wrote a book called Super Consumers. And it's all about that, like, who are, it's really the perfect customers of all the people that buy. From you who are like those raving fans the ones that can't get enough and it says that a super of one is a super of nine so whoever your super fan is he has a tribe of like nine others around him that you can start tapping into and that's where like i think military wise like strategy right like everybody thinks strategy is like war and we have all this stuff we learned in the military but how we apply it to business but like this stuff these decisions we're making like dude that's the strategy stuff and it's like, there's no guarantee things will work out. What you can do is you can kind of test and things. And so like, for me, I just feel like, and you feel this too, it's like our pattern recognition just goes up. You know, like I've seen that play out over and over and over again. It's like, all right, I need to drive revenue. Boom. I need to reach out to my perfect customer, my super fan. Boom. Yep. Who do you know? Boom. You know more. And then just go from there. Yeah. A lot of our, uh, a lot of our, our growth that way has been grassroots. Um, as paid marketing, we don't do it. Um, we tried that a little bit. I, I won a couple business pitches in school and we got some non-diluting capital and hired on a firm and it was absolute garbage. Um, the cost per conversion was absolutely outrageous. And Brett was like, dude, everything that these folks are doing on the back end with Facebook and building out these targeted ads and stuff is like, I don't know how to do this. We don't need to pay anybody to do this. Plus they don't understand our customer or our brand because they've got hundreds or thousands of other folks they work with. We know the brand. We built the brand. He's like, let me run that stuff. And we really don't do paid advertisements. It's grassroots, you know, on that form that I have people fill out. They don't have to, it's not a required block, but a lot of people will still put it in there. It's like, how'd you hear about us? Nine times out of 10, oh, my buddy flies in this unit. Or, hey, I, I had something set up with the last unit that I was with, but I PCS'd. Or, you know, some, every once in a while, we've been, we've been dialing our SEO. I will say that's uh, one of the paid marketing things that we do is uh, kick-ass SEO or small business SEO. They've got a great, pretty, pretty hands-off package that's helped us out with um, Google rankings and stuff. But most of our stuff is grass, grassroots, uh, word of mouth conversation on, hey, check these guys out. Um, and then, like I said, everything on social media that Brett does 
if you happen to start following it because you think helicopters and airplanes are cool and then you learn more about what we are and that kind of stuff that helps that helps drive customers as well yeah man i try to tell brands like listen you have to create your own playbook right what work for this brand over here running paid ads and all that stuff might not work for you yep and so identifying that early on before you i mean brands are going broke trying to spend money on ads and all this other stuff and it's the it's the competition is stacked against you because you is. just don't have enough money to compete. So for bootstrappers, I'm telling you, man, you got to hone in on that perfect customer, find the channels that work, create your own playbook using good principles. Like I said, of like talking to humans, whether that's having conversations back and forth, et cetera, getting them on the phone or just engaging with them via social and driving value. And uh, I, when you say playbook, I know that that's something that you're passionate about and you've built built them out before and have shared yours with some of the folks in Alliance Pride. Um, maybe for some of the listeners and for myself as well, I haven't gotten to that point yet. Can you talk a little bit on like what a brand playbook is and what it should do? Yeah. Your brand playbook is like how you do business. It's like how you operate, how you, who your perfect customer is, right? It's your customer activation cycle, how you convert a prospect into a paying customer. It's your messaging. It's your positioning. It's your marketing cadence, right? It's, it's how your business runs. So like my playbook will look a lot different from you, right? And what you're doing is you're just documenting what's working, what's not working, refining it, being intentional about it. But the playbook is out of your head too. So that's the other thing of like the founder CEO will have the playbook, but if we don't get it down on paper, right? We can't execute on it. And so it's your system for creating value repeatedly and you tile all that in and so you're right for us it's again perfect customer uh customer activation cycle brand like your your brand like how you dial in your brand your marketing cadence etc i should probably do an episode on the dog was a branded playbook i got a really dope dog was a branded playbook that we've made and keep refining it um and like honestly it's about driving revenue consistently to the same people did that answer the question yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as a listener to this show, we always like to give our listeners something to do. We're not just up here just, you know, talking, hear ourselves talk and pat ourselves on the back. So as a entrepreneur, veteran that's been in a fight, hooking and jabbing, what three pieces of advice would you like to leave our listeners with as they built their own dog whistle brains? Number one, I would say is take action. Um, that, that's probably going to be different advice for each person. You may interpret that differently. For me, that meant like, hey, I recognize that I need some guidance and I'm not sure what I need to do from a strategic level. So let me go out and find a business coach. And then as soon as I heard Mike speak, I was like, there's my opportunity, taking action, reaching out, joining the club. Now I'm with TLP. So take action. Uh, number two, don't be afraid to ask for help. It's, it's, harder today probably with our cell phones and stuff and social media because you get online it's like wow look at all these successful people i wonder how they did that it must have just been overnight success or god i wish i could do what they're doing like you said nine times out of ten is probably bullshit but if they are actually successful i guarantee you not a single one of them did it on their own um and so that goes for asking for help and again that what that help is defined as is probably different for each person. In my case, I needed help strategically, thinking strategically, planning strategically, and finding a business coach. Somebody else might need funding. Maybe you talk to friends or family. Maybe you go to local 
small business networking in your city or town and start to get to know people in small business that work around you um, and start fundraising that way. So yeah, ask for help when you need it. Um, and then this probably ties into number two, but number three is, uh, I mean, humility, recognizing that we're not going to always have the right answer and being okay with that and looking to find it in the right places, whether that's leveraging other people, whether that's leveraging the information that's out there on the internet, podcasts, books, et cetera. Nothing has not been done before really in the grand scheme of things. Um, I mean, sure there's new tech stuff that's coming out or whatever, but when it comes to like operating a business, running a business, building a team, creating a culture, designing a brand, that shit has been done hundreds of thousands of times, if not more. So all you got to do is find somebody that's spoken or written about it and like digest that and then take action on that information that you just got to circle it back to number one. Absolutely, man. There's tons of content out there on the internet. Guys like us, we try to help. That's our radical generosity. We got podcasts. Check out our content and stuff, et cetera. But, dude, you're spot on on all that. And I appreciate you coming on the show. Look, we're a little bit more laid back on my show. I saw your service academy. Um, you had your little bow tie in the in the pick and everything. I was like, my that's man, it, that's, start. that's the only decent headshot I have. Everything uh, else is all grainy in a helicopter or something. So how can our listeners support you? Where can they find you at? Uh, so number one, if you are interested in uh, supporting our true mission, you can go to the Brotalian Blue Skies Foundation.org. Um, that's a 501c3 nonprofit, and we provide post-mishap support um, for the Army aviation community and their families. So again, check us out at uh, the Brotalian Blue Skies Foundation.org. And then our for-profit for all your mill aviation and custom apparel needs is uh, brotalian.com. Uh, Instagram as well as just at Brotalian. Um, yeah. Reach out to us on, on any of those platforms and we'll be happy to talk to you. I'll be sure to drop a link in the chat uh, to head over to Brotalian, purchase you some swag, support their Blue Skies Foundation. Let's keep building these badass, veteran-led dog whistle brands. For all our listeners, be sure to also subscribe to the Dog Whistle Branding newsletter at the link in the show notes as well. I send out a newsletter at least once a week. Feel free to message me on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman or reach out to me via email at mikeweirironbound.com. Until next week, peace, love, and keep kicking ass. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we provide no-fluff and high-impact brand strategy for veteran-owned businesses. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders. We serve mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veteran and other badass-owned businesses at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Hey.